What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Looking at Truth Podcast. My name is Solomon Ali at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. Post draft edition of the podcast. Uh, so let's not waste any time. I say we start with the draft, uh, and then we go over some offseason stuff that yes. I want to talk about. How's that's that sound? Or- yes, yeah, the order they do it in the NBA. So let's go for it. Yeah. So, but before we get into the draft itself, I want to talk about Adam Silver for a minute. Um, so he goes up to the, the podium in the beginning and like, I, this was 100% intentional. I, I, you're never going to convince me that this was unintentional. He goes up there and, and like goes full heel and he talks up the Warriors and he talks about them being this historic team and he's smiling the whole time he's doing this. Like the, the, the crowd is booing the hell out of him and he 100% knows what he's doing. Like, like I feel like he's channeling his inner Vince McMahon and he's he's gonna play the heel man here like he's he knows that the Warriors are the most despised team ever he knows the like the league's catching a lot of because of how Kevin Durant got there and like this massive cap spike and like NBA fans don't like how you know these super teams are being created and this this one specific team in particular the Warriors like he's talking them up to be this historic and they are uh, this historic dynasty and stuff and like I, I think I think this is like a, a shift in the way Adam Silver is going to talk about the Warriors from now on. I, I I truly think he's he's going to embrace them. He's going to talk them up and be that team that everybody wants to be. Like I, I I think this was a fundamental like like maybe I'm looking I'm looking too deep into this, but to me like I saw that and I was like this is a fundamental shift in how Adam Silver is talking about the Warriors and how I think he'll talk about them in the future because this this felt intentional to me. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, he learned from the best. David Stern, uh, yeah. his greatest skill was in being a heel. Um, yeah. yeah. I I think he gets what the Warriors themselves don't want to get, which is that it's more fun uh, whenever they are prideful and uh, talking themselves up. They're, they're more fun as a heel, and heels are more fun when they're arrogant, and he's kind of doing it for them because they don't seem to want to do it. Yeah, and like I think this is brilliant, man. Like I've completely changed my stance on the Warriors in the past twelve months. Like I actually think they're great, great for the league now. Like after last summer, like the amount of activity we had in response to the Warriors, like 
I I like, and we're gonna do podcasts about the Warriors in the summer. And uh, there's a particular podcast I'm aiming for. Uh, I don't want to jinx it, so I won't mention it. But we're gonna talk more about the Warriors later. But I think I think they're good. I think they're gonna be like I think they're good for the league in that this is a target for other teams. Fans hate them. They watch them just to make just to root for them to lose. I think that's why the ratings are so good. And yeah, I mean, like I think this is this is a smart play by Adam Silver. And maybe I'm reading too deep into this, but I really like the way he was smiling through that whole thing. Like I just, I just, he knew he knew 100 percent what he was doing. Yep, uh, he's a real delight. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about the draft. So the rock, the Rockets drafted D'Anthony, D'Anthony Melton at 46. I'm shocked that Melton fell to them this late. Like, I'm not going to pretend to be some sort of draft expert, but I did some research going into this draft. And by all accounts, Melton was supposed to be this guaranteed first-round pick. Uh, yeah, he has a lot of really good tools. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, so he's 6'3", has a 6'8 wingspan, and he's extremely intelligent. Like, I was watching some film of him today. And the guy knows how to play passing lanes, and he's got great instincts. Like, he's a really smart defender, in addition to being a really good one. Like, legitimately one of the best perimeter defenders in this draft. Good passer. He can't shoot, but I think that can be worked out. And even if it doesn't get worked out, at minimum, we're talking about a really, really good defender that the Rockets picked up at 46. I mean, we're basically talking about a Marcus Smart Patrick Beverly level defender here. Like he may be able to play good NBA level defense right now. Yeah, and even if he can't, he's going to have Bizdelic uh, there to help him learn it, and a lot of really good defenders around him, especially like Chris Paul on the perimeter, who can show him how to do that. Uh, he's he's in the right place to learn how to up his defensive game even further. So yeah, I think this is a this is a great get at a really low draft spot. Yeah, I'm I'm just completely blown away that he fell to the Rockets at 46. So I'm gonna read where he was ranked by various sites. Um, Draft Express had Melton 22 on their board. The Ringer had him 19. CBS had him going 20. Uh, SI's mock draft had him going to 26. USA Today had him 25. Bleacher Report had him at 25. Kevin Kevin Pelton had him as his, as his 13th best prospect. Sam Vecini had him as a top 20 prospect. And ESPN statistical model had him as the tenth best prospect on the board. On the board, by all accounts, this was a mid to late for a mid to late first rounder who dropped basically because the FBI was investigating him and a bunch of other NCAA players, and he couldn't play college basketball for a year. That that's it. Like I think Maury did a great job describing at the press conference. Like the reason he slipped is because people just didn't see him for a year, and. Like, that's fantastic value at 46. Like, that's basically a late first-rounder, and the Rockets didn't have a first-rounder this year. So getting that kind of value at that at that number at 46 is terrific. Yeah, uh, he should be able to contribute extremely quickly. Uh, I, I expect he'll probably get some, uh, some Valley Vipers play because everybody does <laughs> the Rockets draft, basically. Uh, none of them yeah. are immediate stars. So, uh, but yeah, he's going to be able to, I think, slot in there pretty fast. And I think they kind of need his contributions as soon as possible too. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and let you talk about Vincent Edwards at 52. Uh, yeah. So Vincent Edwards is a little bit, uh, less exciting of a prospect, but that's to be expected. He was drafted 52nd. Uh, he wasn't, he didn't fall quite as far as Melton did. Uh, 
he's a guy whose upside I think works really well for the Rockets. He's uh, he's probably going to be playing mostly the three. Uh, he's he's six eight, so he can play some four as well. Uh, and he's known for his like defensive tools and okay uh, overall offensive game. So well, he's a fantastic shooter, by the way, like a thirty nine percent career three point shooter at. Purdue, and it should be noted that the Purdue switched a lot last year, yeah. and like that's basically their scheme. So right. he's going to be really well adapted going into the Rocket scheme. And yeah, exactly. For your for your college guy, I think this guy is going to be like if if you if you had me pick between the two as to who's probably going to see the floor quicker, I think it's going to be this guy, Vincent Edwards. I, I think I think that's he's probably have lower responsibilities. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so. I, th- I think that's probably why they drafted him. Um, yeah, the fit because, is amazing. Right, They're, right. They want guys who can play that switchy, like, small forward, like, two through four, even five type position where he can defend and then he can stand in the corner and wait to wait to shoot. He's a, he's a three and D template, so that's what they want him to turn into. Hopefully he will be able to figure it out, but I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, uh, especially if he's just going to be playing most of his second units. Yeah, athletic, defensive-minded wings was definitely the the mindset for the Rockets going into this draft. Uh, again, everything's about the Warriors, and you need those guys <laughs> so badly. Uh, even when you're drafting, it's it's, it's kind of crazy how everything the Rockets do leads back to this one team. Um, it's it, I, again, I think I think it's great. Um, and be, when I was doing the draft preview, not the draft preview, the off-season preview, like. The one thing that struck me looking up and down this Rockets roster, if they bring everybody back, it's still going to be quite old. Like, in terms of NBA age, in terms of age of contenders, it's going to be one of the oldest contenders out there. Uh, Boston to the young core. The Sixers are a young core. The the Warriors are even younger than the Rockets. Like, they're mid to, you know, early 30s. And the Rockets are, like, entering... Like, their average age is, like, 31. And, like... This team badly needs an infusion of youth, so I think they need one of these draft picks to hit and play right away because, like, you know, they're going to need to get more athletic at some point because Trevor Ariza, like, you know, he's been fine for many years. I think I think there's, at some yeah, point they're, they're going to need to find yeah. yeah, They're going to need to find their, their replacement, uh, especially considering now that he's a free agent, so you don't even know if he's going to be back. And at some, at some point, you think the Rockets are going to look at eventually replacing him at that starting small forward position like he's it's it's his you're right the clock is really starting to tick on him as a starting level small forward in this league and you need athletes against the warriors man like athletes give the warriors trouble and i think that's why that's the mindset the rockets had going into this draft yeah uh and i think this draft was really successful for getting uh, players who will be able to help them most likely like these guys both fit exactly what they need. They need that. They need another guard who can (laughs) steady that second unit and especially garbage time unit and maybe be a player for the future. And they need uh, another, you know, another rangy uh, like switching defender who can shoot some threes. So I was, I didn't expect this draft to be as good for them. Honestly, I thought it'd be pretty mediocre, but I think this is actually an unqualified success. Yeah, they basically got a late first rounder at that forty six level, and then they 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 paid one point five million dollars for that number fifty two pick to get a second round pick. So it was like it, it felt more like a traditional first and second round pick because of the value they got at forty six. Exactly. Yeah, and it's man, I can't believe it. Teams keep keep selling their picks. 
I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what what do they who doesn't well, want the, a second round draft pick, especially well, a second round. Well, one thing's clear: like the they will never sell the Warriors a pick ever again, like ever, ever, ever again. Like that's never happening. Like the Warriors were were like I I think the Warriors internally felt like they had a chance at, at buying into this second round again, and they just like. Teams, teams did not pick up the phones, man. Like, like they they got hit with the brick wall because of what they did to Chicago last year in Jordan Bell and the year before with Patrick McCaw. Like, they just like teams are smarter than that. Like, they know that you know if, if you're gonna moan about the Warriors, you better not sell them a draft pick. Like, you right. better not sell these guys uh, more t- more young talent for them to you know infuse into that core and continue to, to uh, you know be basically the the modern spurs on steroids like you can't keep giving them young young prospects like that no send them to Houston instead yeah <laughs> yeah and and like again like i think they did really well here they we should also mention who they picked up off the scrap heap after the draft they signed Trevin uh Duval he was one of the highest rated high school players in the country before he got to duke and he he didn't do too great there like he got pretty much buried there and his draft stock fell pretty rapidly. I think that's a pretty nice gamble to go for. Rob, they also picked up Rob Gray, a local guy, UH. I don't think he's in their future plans at all. I really think he's just a, a summer league guy. Like, they want to have around for their summer league roster. And, yeah, I mean, they, their summer league roster is going to be really intriguing. I want I really want to see guys like Zochi and Isaiah Hardenstein, how much they've grown uh, in the past, like, two years. Because... You know, we're getting to that point where we have to see some sort of progress from Zochi because yeah. the Rockets drafted him in 2016. It's two years, and when the Rockets drafted him, they knew this was going to be a long-term prospect. Like they knew that. Like he was really raw, really skinny, uh, very much a like had had project written all over him uh, when they drafted him. One of the youngest guys drafted in that class, and. Like at at this point, we should start seeing some sort of development from him. I I, I actually do think he's going to be a productive backup center at some point. Like Nene is starting to get really old, and I I think they're gonna, they're going to need to replace him at some point with some sort of athleticism. Like um, especially when guys get hurt in the playoffs. Like if we remember two years ago when Nene went down, like that yeah, was a that was real a problem. Bla- yeah, that was that was a really big black hole for the Rockets in that Spurs series. So they're going to need to find another center at some point. Like Clint, Clint Capella, like I'm sure they intend 100% on bringing him back, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But at some point, they're going to they need to find, you know, that second center. And I think that's what they have. You know, that's why they have these two guys that, you know, Zochi and Isaiah Hardenstein, they want that guy to be young. They want that guy to be springy. They want that guy to be mobile. And, you know, that's that's the whole point of keeping them in their farm system. For the past two years, um, well, one year for Isaiah Hardenstein, but two years for Zochi. I, I want to. I'm, I'm interested to see it. Like I'm, I'm going to be at summer league this year. I want to see the. I want to see if Zochi's grown a lot, and if, if you know, maybe he can see the floor this year. We'll see. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. I think he has a lot of tools that he can just put him together. Uh, his his willingness to shoot threes is always a delight. Uh, it would be nice if he starts hitting them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has a nice stroke. Uh, to be fair, like it, it's a really good looking jumper. I, I actually do think he'll end up being a jump shooter at like when the when the Rockets end up, you know, playing him at any at some point. Right now, right now, it's it's really hard to crack this rotation. To be fair to Mike D'Antoni, it's really really hard to crack this rotation. Like we're yeah. we're talking about a veteran laden squad. Like 
up and down the roster, especially if they if the Rockets bring all their guys back. It's a really like veteran laden squad. But again, they for the for regular season purposes, they're going to need an infusion of youth, especially if somebody goes down in the playoffs. Like you need someone to step off off that bench, and preferably for that person to have reps during the regular season. So it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm interested to see what summer league is going to be all about this year for the Rockets. Um, do you want to talk about the Mavs? I <laughs> because... guess. I mean, they had a nice draft too, and knowingly they took Luka Doncic, which good for them. But I think I know where you're going for this. Not great for yeah. Houston. Yeah, yeah. So going into this draft, I mean, it's been said a million times. The Rockets, I'm sure internally they were thinking the same thing. It was best for them for every team in that top five to take a center. Like every single yeah. team they possibly could to take a center. And especially if that if that team didn't have any have any center prospects, having them draft as a center would have been very, very preferred. And, I mean, it just, it couldn't have gone more wrong for the Rockets. I mean, the one the one team that didn't have a center prospect and has max cap space this summer drafted Luka Doncic. And, and now the Rockets are going to be forced to, I, I'm, I'm like, like I'm seventy percent sure that the Mavs are the Mavs are going to go hard after Capella this summer. Like, I, like there's there's little doubt in my mind that the Mavs are going to try and uh, pry Capella away from the Rockets in restricted free agency. Like they're they're going to go after a center in the in the summer. That's a big need for them right now. Like they've been linked to Boogie Cousins. They've been linked to Clint Capella. They've been linked to a lot of guys. And I just think like Clint Capella's like. I wouldn't blame them. It, it, he's fits perfectly within their age range, like of guys, like their young core. Like having a guy like Clint Capella w- alongside playmaking guys like Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic, like it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, this that hurts. That that was a huge blow for the Rockets on draft night. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens in this offseason. I mean, uh, while it's certainly not optimal, I do think that even if the Mavs do give Clint Capella a max offer and the Rockets end up having to match with a max, uh, it's not great, but the biggest loser there is Tillman Fertitta's bank account, which I'm not going to shed any tears over. Yeah, like, I I just, like, again, I said this last podcast, I think Clint Capella is actually worth a maximum contract. The luxury tax is, it's going to be a concern moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's not gonna, it's not going to affect really the Rockets' prospects in free agency. They're already going to be living over the cap. Uh, anybody who thinks that they're going to uh, gut the entire team to pick up LeBron James has not been paying any attention to that whole situation. So, uh, yeah, I don't. We'll see. It might be a problem a few years down the road if that repeater tax gets too nasty. But I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> Tillman will be okay. Yeah. So now that the draft is over, we have officially entered the LeBron zone. And what I mean by that is we <laughs> talked about this in the last podcast. If the Rockets are going to make a move for LeBron, it's it's got to happen now. It's got to happen now between you know, since that draft ended and tw- the 29th. Like I'm I'm sure the, like Chris Paul is rapidly texting LeBron James as much as he possibly can to to recruit him recruit him to the Rockets, but I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna be again it's gonna be extremely complicated to get a deal done. But we are in the LeBron zone, and I'm just glad that we're gonna get an answer here soon. Like, if a deal doesn't get done by the 29th, we can finally for you know forget about LeBron. <laughs> yep, it'll finally uh, we'll finally know. And yeah. I'm not I'm not super optimistic about it. Not because like 
I've heard a bunch of bad things or something, which there's a thousand conflicting and stupid rumors that are not worth worrying about until we actually know something. Uh, but it hasn't, there haven't been rumblings that are happening yet, which is not a great sign, but even so, I just want this to be done <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. Like, so since we last recorded uh, up until now, like, it, it, it hasn't looked great for the Rockets in terms of the pursuit of star talent. Like, it's looking more and more like Paul George is going to stay in Oklahoma City. Like, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's start, you're starting to get that sense, and that's a huge shocker for a lot of people. Like, a lot of people thought he was L.A. bound. A lot of people. And especially when the, when the Thunder underachieved this year. Like, it's, it's going to be um, a real achievement for Sam Presti to, to actually get a deal done here, especially after underachieving as much as they had. Um, and as far as LeBron, like, you're hearing a lot, a lot of things from guys in the know, like Brian Windhorst, that really feel like he's LA bound. Like they, a lot of people are, start, are starting to feel like LeBron is is Lakers bound, or uh, or he's staying in Cleveland. Like those those two options seem to be the final two destinations for LeBron. Like again, LeBron hasn't said anything. Nothing's been been specifically reported, but the speculation is it's veering a lot towards LeBron going to the Lakers and. I mean, it's. And I mean, it's only LeBron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we should probably talk about like when that speculation really started to heat up. So Kawhi Leonard demanded a trade earlier last week, and like he, his agent basically texted like six reporters all at once uh, the same thing that you know Kawhi Leonard wants out of out of you know San Antonio, and like for, if you know anything about free agency, if you've watched free agency any at any point in the past 10 years like it's a game of dominoes it's a game of dominoes uh you wait for one domino to fall and it impacts the entire board of uh, free agents are waiting for the for the star free agents to make their moves so they can pick a destination um money isn't moved at all like it like literally teams like the lakers and Teams like the Sixers aren't going to spend a dime until these star free agents make make up their mind. Like they aren't going to spend any money, and it, it creates a real holding pattern. And Kawhi demanding a trade like this has really thrown, like it's it, it's throwing you wrench into the works. And it's it's like I really think that he's going to be the first domino to fall in free agency. You know, you disagree with me. You I think there's disagree. Yeah, you think there's a possibility that Kawhi. You know, actually stays in San Antonio. Well, I think that they're not going to trade him during the off season. I think they'll wait. If they're going to trade him, they're going to trade him uh, at the deadline. And I think they, it's sounding like they want to try to convince him to stay while they have a chance. I mean, I, I, that makes sense as much as anything. They believe in the organization, their ability to like get through to him. And anyway, they can still get a lot of really good offers at the trade deadline. Uh, they don't have to necessarily do it right now. Though I guess they'll get like slightly better offers right now. But they don't seem enamored by anything they're being offered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they're really playing hardball, and what I think they shouldn't do, but I mean, Rockets fans should be rooting for. Uh, they shouldn't be trying to trade him to the East just just because, like, just 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 so they don't have to face Kawhi in the new very new future. Like, they, when they once they trade Kawhi, they are so far away from contention. Like, there is no point in trying to not get the best package available. Dude, like, there is no point in trying to direct him towards the East. Like, and this has been a thing with teams for years now but like smart teams just don't do this like smart teams don't care where what conference 
they trade their star player too. Because in reality, once you trade a star player, you are in re- rebuilding mode. There is no point in trying to avoid that player. Like, there's no point. And I don't know. I mean, Rockets fans should definitely be rooting for that. Like, they should definitely be rooting for Kawhi to go to the East. Like, they should, especially if all reports are true. And it, I mean, you have no, we have no reason to not believe they're true. Like, Kawhi wants to go to Los Angeles. Like, he and his representation really, really want to go to Los Angeles. His, um, I guess we're calling him Uncle Dennis now. Uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So his uncle, uh, who's also named Dennis, uh, wants him to go to Los Angeles for all sorts of branding opportunities. Like, I mean, he, he turned down his Jordan deal this year because he felt that the money wasn't enough and he feels like he's being underrated compared to the top talent in the league to go to Los Angeles. He's a local guy there, so I'm sure it's not entirely branding opportunities, but that just seems to be the gen- the general vibe you get from Uncle Dennis. And uh, um, it, it, I, just, I just think it's it, this is going to be something to watch for because you don't, if anything, you don't want a superpower to, to be formed in Los Angeles. Like, how... For however long you and I have watched basketball, the Lakers have always had a massive market advantage, like a massive market advantage. Yeah. And like, I, I just think it's funny how like, like I see, I hear people talking about like, well, the Lakers have been irrelevant for like the past few years. Like, no man, this is a drought. Like, this is this is unordinary. Like, yeah, this, this, like this is certainly weird. This hasn't yeah, this really is, ever happened before. Yeah, this this is like like well, people were shocked when Kawhi, when Paul George demanded a trade to the Lakers. I'm like, oh. When that happened, I was like, "Oh, things have gone back to normal." Like that, they, that that's how things usually happen for the Lakers. Like, like when they have competent management, they have a massive, massive market advantage over every team in the NBA. It's just the way it is. Like it's it's like teams around the league hate the Lakers because of it, and we have a lot of CBA rules because of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, this is just the way it's going to be, and you don't want it. You don't want one superstar to go to Los Angeles because once one superstar goes to Los Angeles, the floodgates open and it becomes really difficult to compete in it in an already difficult Western Conference. Yeah, though I think uh, they would need definitely more than one to go there for them to become a contender in this. Sure, but it opens the floodgates. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so the 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 reality of it is that they can sign two uh, max players, but they have to get out from underneath the old Dings contract, which is easier said than done, and also move some of their other contracts. So they'd have to, we'll see. I mean, they'd have to gut their team quite a bit to do it, which is pretty rough. Uh, if Like, if LeBron and Paul George went to the Lakers, it would basically be LeBron, Paul George, and then G League players? <laughs> Anybody well, can get for the minimum, stuff like that? Uh, well, here's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, we've seen this before. Like, the Lakers just... Guys want to go there. Like, people have forgotten. Like, it's only been six years. Like, I mean, if you remember, like, when the Rock, when the Lakers were really contending with Kobe in his prime, like, they were just getting guys off the scrap heap to go there because they wanted to go. Like, Ron Artest from, from the yeah, Rockets, but like, left standard, to go to Los Angeles. The standard is so much higher now, though. Like, even True. if they're able to attain a team of that quality, they still aren't really in the same tier as the Rockets and the Warriors. So I think that it, it is annoying, and it would be obnoxious to see that happen because th- they've done such a that team's done such a bad job at everything for so long. To see them just rewarded for being in Los Angeles feels uh, extremely hurtful for a Houston native. <laughs> from, <laughs> uh, 
but I, I, I think even in that case, it would take them a couple of years to like really get to that level because the the bar is so much higher now. I don't know, man. Like, like this is this is just the way it's always been. Like, it's it's really like it's again they've always had this market advantage, and this this drought has been just that a drought, a surprising drought. Once they get competent management in there. And once they don't give stupid contracts out to guys like, like, like Luau Dang on July first, like the, that's <laughs> and Timofey Mozgov, like, and and they have cap space and they have resources and they have young assets. They, I mean, it's just it, it's it's amazing. It's amazing how many free agents always want to go to Los Angeles. Like it's it's been that way for so many years, and it's going to continue to be that way. Uh, you, if you're a Rockets fan, you just don't want that first star to go there. And that's my opinion. Like, you disagree with me? You think you think that it's still going to be difficult for them to contend in the Western Conference, even if they get that first star, or even if they get that second star? But I, I, I personally think once they get that first star, it it gets really, really dicey there. I guess we'll see. I mean, it it definitely would help them out a lot, and it would be annoying for the rest of the teams in the West, and they have the potential to become a real contender and challenger. Uh. But I think that to a certain degree, uh, as long as they maintain their same ownership, then they're and they're more important, uh, equally importantly, their management, they're going to fall back over and over again. Bad owners make for bad teams. <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow me on Twitter at Red Nation News. Follow Forrest on Twitter at Do Not. Uh, give us five stars on iTunes. It really helps you find the show. And yeah, guys, good night.